All right. Today we are going to be doing a podcast on the evolution of heavy metal throughout time. Um, all of us here today are, of course, big fans of music or else we wouldn't be doing this podcast. Right. So for the people who are listening to this podcast, and if, we're, if they listen to heavy metal or not, perhaps this podcast will open up new ideas. So the essential question of this podcast is how has heavy metal as a genre evolved throughout time? So for people who do know about heavy metal, I think a, one of the staple starting bands are, of course, Black Sabbath, Ozzy Osbourne. So... Uh, my two guests here today are Mr. Karazinski and Mr. Cole. So I want to ask. Thanks you, for having me, Cav. Yeah, it's good to it's be my here. First, first podcast. I'm a little nervous. Just a bit. But anyway, the uh, first question I want to ask you guys is: Where do you think before Black Sabbath? How did you think one of the first heavy metal bands, Black Sabbath? How do you think they came to be? Wow, that's a really Good question. Yeah. Um, um, well, if you listen to Black Sabbath and their their influences really come from blues and classic rock kind of vibes. Um, so really, I well, if you look at any rock and roll stuff, you tend to see that blues is the base for it. Even with the heavy stuff that you hear now, you still have that kind of four count. Um, the rhythms. The same rhythms that are going through. Some are faster paced, some are darker, some are heavier. Um but I really hear a lot of blues tones with Black Sabbath, and they do play off those different scales when it's going through. I think one of the big changes is is instead of singing about sadness or you know just having the blues, you start to see that the tones of what they sing about and how they start to express themselves with with their kind of ideas um, and, and going against what the grain was in the seventies when Sabbath was coming through. Yeah. You're, uh, you're a lot more on the technical side than myself. I don't, I guess I don't uh, really analyze music too much. I just put it up really loud and sure. <laughs> That's what you're supposed to do. It. Bang my head yeah. to it. Um, you know, black Sabbath, I think, I think it was come around at the time where people were more apt, I guess, to, to sing about things that really mean more to them, um, you know, social issues or whatever. Um, I think a lot of it had to do with uh, young musicians kind of um, like their, their wild sides were coming out or they were kind of like, against against laws against the man that kind of thing you know teenage rebellion type of thing i think that's kind of where you see ozzy osbourne and black sabbath start and uh, i think you get a lot of that kind of i think heavy metal music is a lot of that kind of rebellion i think early on certainly there's other bands that kind of show that rebellion too uh around the same time you have oh, yeah. well the who's a little earlier yeah um, but Led Zeppelin, 
you yeah. see those same kind of tones as well. Um, even if Led Zeppelin goes into kind of a mythological kind of side sometimes, they still have that um, expressive idea of th this is how I feel. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. I'm not going to change it for for pop purposes or anything. It's just this is what we want to sing about. This is what we want to express to ourselves and to the people that like us. Um, and so I, I think, yes, Black Sabbath has a big influence, but I mean, you could find influences from so many different other bands. Even uh, if you look into the rhythm of a riff, you can find that in uh, 1950s surf rock beach guitars, like the dun 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 dun, and you see that progression coming through, and, and Sabbath also using those elements to change what their music is. I think it's interesting to know with all like the the rebellion and getting its getting the start with like the blues and like you say surf rock. This as of when Black Sabbath started, this was the the early late sixties, early seventies. So we've got the Vietnam War. Yeah, well, you got counterculture. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But so I think the, you see a lot of those. You know, bands like. Uh, um, Like you said, um, Black Sabbath and um, you had the Who. I mean, it was a lot of British Invasion type yeah. of bands, you know. Iron Maiden, you know, although Iron Maiden was more of the early 80s, yeah. that kind of thing, mm -hmm. you know. But uh, I think that a lot of that heavy metal stuff, that's where it started. You know, I don't I don't know what I think of the American band that early. I think more of like the Eagles, you know, those types of bands, I don't think you really call them the heavier bands mm -hmm. when they came from England. There's, I don't know, I guess there's something to be said about um, that counterculture movement that really said, I don't care about um, what you feel. This, this is kind of where we're coming from. Mm -hmm. And um, also to add elements of what we see later on in, in heavy metal music where, you know, when Black Sabbath would produce their stuff and record their recordings over in, in Britain, people would walk by their, their place and like in hushed tones, like that's where Black Sabbath records. And it has that overall tone of, I don't know, dark arts mm -hmm. and Satan worship and those. Oh, I, and he's biting the heads off bats. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. it's just all, all these images start to come together and then you get the yeah, the shock rock yeah and that tone starts to come through from from black sabbath um even if it was accidental he didn't know that bat was real and he just he had there's people were throwing bats and he ripped one off and people bought into it he had to get nine shots in his stomach for rabies but he's like i got something else yeah i think and, well i think a big part of this this music genre is that shock it's that uh that rebellion it's even in glam rock in like the 80s the way bands with you know kiss or poison sure. or any of these bands dressing up i mean it was about that shock you know poison looked like a bunch of females you know? <laughs> yeah um when you look at their album cover i forget which one it was but it looked like looked like women um yeah. which isn't a bad thing but you're saying that you know um, well, Motley that, Crue too. Well, yeah, that's that's it, one of the underlying kind of threads of these bands, yeah. and which I think if you had any sort of rebellion in your own life, as I did, sure, I know this this fit perfectly in with my my lifestyle, right? And which you know, which is why I love it. 
I guess too, you know, on a, on a personal level with, with metal and social connections, uh, people always, all the time, when I tell them I listen to Black Sabbath uh, or anything heavy, you, because you don't fit that tone of what people have now made out metal to look like mm-hmm. or what you're supposed to do. If you listen to metal, some people would say you're supposed to be crazy and and wearing ripped jeans and worshiping things that you shouldn't be worshiping and um you, you don't you don't swear you don't look the part yeah, it's you a don't, stereotype yeah you don't yeah. need to look the part to enjoy something that black sabbath or other metal bands have gone through uh, or have given us but it is that you don't know what people are feeling on the inside and i think with metal music, we can have this conversation because we understand it without explaining it to each other. Yeah. You get somebody in this idea of how, why you listen to it. If somebody ever asked me, well, why do you listen to that? I don't answer it because there's no reason for me to, to state because you're not going to necessarily understand. This is something that hits you right away. It's an art. Like with any art, it's an outlet. Yeah. Whether you're painting, whether you're writing, whether you're writing songs, whether you're playing music, it's an outlet for maybe in other parts of your life you can't step outside the boundaries, but music is a way that people are able to do that. Mm-hmm. You know, so I think and throughout the early bands like Black Sabbath, Deep Purple, and how you were saying like everybody's talking about it in hushed tones, going into I think the next sort of evolutionary step in the eighties. I think this is where it now metal becomes accessible to everybody. And although that's kind of a good thing, and from what I've, from some, the research that I've done, this is kind of when we go into a couple different paths. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you first, you got glam rocks so like Molly Crue, yeah. Poison. And this is, from yeah. what I found, it's metal on this side is kind of becoming more of a commodity than it's, an art. It, yeah. Cause I, this is, this is the decade I grew up in. Okay. So this is, this is certainly, I can speak uh, about this. You're right. It's almost like the soft, heavy metal, you know, the glam stuff. Yeah, exactly. Right. And then, and then you have, you know, the heavy metal that kind of stuck to what heavy metal is, you know, um, Thinking about man, I you know, Bon Jovi would be more of the glam, I mm-hmm. would think. Yeah. You know, early but early bands like Def Leppard, the earlier stuff would be more of the true heavy stuff. But then because of what really was selling, they would move over to the other side of the being softer. Because I think Def Bon Jovi, early Bon Jovi, is not the same as later Bon Jovi. No. Early Def Leppard is not the same as later Def Leppard. Right. I think they all changed because of. You know, tasting it all. It's about selling records. Sure it is. Yeah. yeah. And then the, the other path you go is thrash. How fast yeah. can we go? Right. And Pantera. how loud can we get? Um, yeah, you have Metallica, Slayer, um, Exodus. Um, oh, what, what's the other great one? Um, Megadeth. Anthrax, Megadeth. Megadeth. Yeah. Um, and Pantera is a great one. Yeah, they, um, they start to kind of move in that direction of how, how aggressive... And how, um, I don't know, using that image of what Black Sabbath was giving, instead of going, blue, like, let's hammer it home. Mm-hmm. And, and go at those little tiny clubs and get the pits going. And, um, and I think that that's what people really typically think. When you say heavy metal, it's always that thrash right. image. 
But yeah, there are so many different paths that this goes. You can even look into progressive metal. And yeah, this came around about the 80s too. Queensryche. Right. Love Queensryche. Yeah. Love that band, yeah. You just went to see them, didn't you? I did see yeah. them. A couple so, of years ago or so? Yeah. yeah. Jeff Tate came in the restaurant next door. And Get out of here. Got a picture with him. Oh, sent, cool. him sent him drinks. And uh, I, was, nice. I was a little pissed because he didn't say come say thank you. So I went with my wife and I went over to our table and he came over with his wife and we had drinks. And I did not know tea. this. Yeah. Oh, that's so One cool. The best voices, in my opinion, in, in rock and roll history is Jeff T. Well, actually, speaking of that, too, the the yell, the howl of what metal can give. Um, he was wonderful. The range. And, yeah, the range yeah. of what it is. Um, Slayer is another one. You know, you can go to this monotone kind of idea with this really high pitch mm-hmm. intro or exit. Um, yeah, I don't know. It just It's something about it that gives you chills when you hear it mm-hmm. and when you see it. Now those guys, well, can't hit those those notes anymore. Right. <laughs> Some of them, like, there's a couple songs that he could not play, that they couldn't play, which I wanted badly to hear. Sure. But because they have those they have those moments where they see, he needs to really hit those higher yeah. notes. Well, Van Halen's it. another one. Yeah. Yeah, David Lee Roth oh, could yeah. not hit what he used to. But when he could, he, he knew what he had, mm-hmm. and he showed it off. He was showboating and doing typical what rock and roll is, um, mm-hmm. which is one of those precursors to the heavy metal real heavy yeah, metal where would genre. you put van halen in, in i i would i would say that they're one of the i don't know godfathers of metal uh, yeah i mean in terms of i you they're... know what i would put van halen in the transition between uh like we said the who um led zeppelin black or sabbath earlier and then stuff the, and then, then there's van halen yeah. kind of merging these ideas and then people selecting what they want out of van halen well pantera um Dimebag, he said that he would just listen to those solos about Van Halen. Mm-hmm. Well, Dimebag takes what he wants from those guitar samples and he creates his own groove metal that comes out really big in the early 90s. So, yeah, I, I guess it bothers me when people think it's just one typical thing. Mm-hmm. And I remember one time I, I went up to somebody in the building and I said, I want to start maybe a club for people who listen to metal. You know, there's a lot of kids out here and just, it would be something where you gather, come together and listen to uh, maybe introduce new metal bands or listen to some classic stuff that I can give them. And um, I don't know, maybe you went to a concert, let's talk about it, you know? And the person I went to said, well, we already have a trunk full of funk. I'm like, oh, you don't get it. You don't understand what I'm trying to do there. Um, yeah, no, I, I don't know. I still think there's a stigma though about that type of music that I don't know how welcome a club like that would be, to be honest with you. Right. I I, I definitely felt that it was not welcome. Yeah. Yeah. Um and I think also those those shock values of things like Alice Cooper and Marilyn Manson. Marilyn Manson, just, right, exactly right. Um that's just what people take. And it's they they don't understand that it's a show. It, you, mm-hmm. It's something even even if they're Marilyn Manson's ripping pages out of the Bible, artists and that's it's, it's an expression. Sells sells records yeah. and gets people in the in the seats. Yeah, the nineties. So going off of that, this is where extreme metal like Pantera mm-hmm. and I even everybody tells me about this 
about this band called Death. Yeah. One of the first, like, kind of very extreme, kind of almost, like, all lyrics of, like, growling, mm-hmm. kind of. Yeah. Well, you, yeah, you still see elements of, of that. Um, well, what what's another band that really heavily influenced Anvil? There's this one band, Anvil, that has some kind of legacy. Never got big, but it influenced what people have done in the 80s and 90s. And if you ask any heavy band from late 80s, early 90s, they'll say Anvil. It's one of their... But, I mean, that's it, too. It may not be popular, but it's pushing people to do something great. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but, you know, what were some of your favorite 90s melodies, Mr. T? Well, you had Godsmack mm-hmm. in the late 90s. Yep. Okay, Godsmack is still one of my top three bands of all time. Um, you know, would you look at something like uh, Breaking Benjamin, or are they more in the 2000s? They're more 2000s, 2000s. I would say, yeah. Corn. Um, that new metal stuff. New Corn. metal is really cool for me. Disturbed would be more a little bit later, wouldn't it be? Yeah, you know what? You know? Yeah. Um, you know, I, the bands like The Cult, and yeah. I don't know if you'd be, make that, you know, in the same genre, okay? Uh, Foo Fighters, things like that. Sure. Um, but though, again, I don't know where would you put Foo Fighters in terms of... But where history. you can put them is the influences that they've had. Yeah. Um, the the screeching, the howling, the guitar riffs, the stuff that he yeah. has. Even though Foo Fighters tends to be more poppy, definitely hard rock is is pushed into what he's written, even on stage. Yeah. He has Cannibal Corpse shirts sure. on and Napalm oh, yeah. Death and all that. Um, so he he's definitely influenced by it. And people that listen to Foo Fighters, they're thinking, oh, cool, I love learning to fly. But you also love that screaming track on number four that gets you going too. Um, but then you ask them, what do you think about heavy metal? Eh, it's okay. I think Guns N' Roses too. So, you know, they're, they're one of my favorite bands. Yeah. I feel Guns N' Roses uses the decadence of 80s hair metal without the makeup. Yeah. I think that they were more just... Axl Rose, I think, started off a little bit like that. And, you know, yeah. Teasing of the hair. Yeah. 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 Um, what I find a shame about those bands is, is these guys who basically have the world by the short hairs, mm-hmm. who can't keep it together... And make music. The ego is getting in the way. Yeah. I mean, they could have been one of the biggest bands of all time. Yeah. You know, in their short time, I think they were. Yeah. But what they could have done if they just just get along, man. But it, when you're at that level of either talent or what you're trying to drive at, they're intense people. Yeah. And you get four intense people. Oh, and then you throw their time. and throw maybe chemicals in there as well. Sure. You know, which yeah. makes it even more of a. Yeah. The access to it. Right. Easiness of getting up. Um, but I think also going back to the new metal genre that came out in the 90s, Corn um, and Deftones, um, they use other elements that I think kind of pull people apart in the metal world. Kind of like what uh, glam metal and thrasher metal did. You kind of had the two camps usually. Um, same thing with new metal. Either you love Pantera and you say screw those people in corn and deftones, or the other way around because you have some hip hop elements to it. Um, 
and but that groove metal. Now here's here's also an interesting part is people who love Pantera, like, oh man, Pantera is really metal. But if you really listen to it, it's a groove metal. What's corn and depth? A groove metal. It's just, but it's just it's just faster yeah. speed. Yeah. You know what things are being played. Yeah. Um another band that kind of hit me throughout college in the 90s, Suicidal Tendencies. Oh sure. It was it was a band that I listened to a million times. Yeah. And uh I think probably in the uh, that was one of the heavier bands I listened to then. But Metallica was always was always being played somewhere. Yeah. I was in college and throughout the nineties. And I know Metallica had some struggles in the late nineties yeah. with load and reload and yeah. people saying that's not what thrash metal is or that's not what rock is. And yeah. Well, we're doing what we want to do. That is rock. You're not we're not gonna dictate what you want us to do. But if you listen to load and reload, kind of going full circle on this you really hear blues coming back. And I think that that was their focus. They're trying to do something different and in a way kind of bring back some of the old tones of what rock kind of started with. Whether it was really successful or not, I don't know. But I was reading an article recently to say, if you didn't like Load and Reload when you were a teenager or 20s. You'll like it now. Yeah. They said, put it back in. Listen to it. And I did. Oh, this yeah. is better than I remember. It. Mm-hmm. This is this is this is nice. Um, there's something else, but you, when you mentioned about um, new metal and corn and disturbing a little later, corn even influenced a little bit what disturbed it mm-hmm. with the the sound effects of what corn would do, uh, what Jonathan Davis would do with his voice, and then David Draymond would do with his voice. There's similarities there, and even disturbed has given no credit for that so even within a genre of metal and then within it again you start to see those influences rising up uh, going and going back to what you said about how now like the 80s now there's two camps in the 90s i want to uh i wouldn't necessarily call it a counter argument but an interesting thing that i saw was even though this new form of metal is dividing people it's now bringing in people from other and from people on the other side of the pond in terms of genres, so to mm-hmm. speak. Like you have people who love hip hop, like '90s hip hop. Now they're getting into now they're getting into like bands like Horn and Slipknot, who have kind of that more like uh, like some some of their songs when when they rap and they add those electronic elements. Now they're bringing in people who already had a grounding in all those elements Mm -hmm. experiencing them to new things. Mm -hmm. And I think those bands that are trying experimental stuff, it's smart. Mm -hmm. You may not like all of it, but it's smart, especially if you're looking at heavy metal. If they do the same things over and over and over again, as much as you love it, you're going to say, this is the same album that they brought out two years ago. You're going to need to try new stuff. And I I think sometimes in the metal community, it's very conservative. This is mine. And and that's where that tone of, um, when we were talking earlier about somebody saying, well, why do you listen to it? I'm like, I don't need to explain to you. And I think that that could be a double-edged sword because now I know what metal is. I want it to be that way. And if they change it on me, well, now they stand me in the back. That's not what I want. So I think the crowd can be pretty divisive on, our, yeah, on what they view is, is, is going on. But um, I think more recently today, you see more acceptance of, of change. Um, I just went to open air um, Saturday and Sunday. And on Sunday, that band Beaver 333, heavy influence 
from the metal world and heavy influence from the rap world. But you put it together and they bring it in, I don't see that split. Everybody was there. And even if you never heard them, that was really good. Even though I listened to a three-minute rap song that had chorus in it. I think this experimentation is kind of what's keeping metal alive right now. Yeah. Like genres, I think metal and rock in general is kind of one of the longest running genres of all mm -hmm. music yeah. or modern music. And so I think this kind of experimentation is what's going to push it even further. Well, let's face it. They're all, they're all artists. and I'm sure they probably get sick of doing the same types of lyrics and the same types of songs. So, um, so it's a way for them to, to branch out, and if, you know, someone doesn't like it, oh well, that's the way it goes. Okay. So. What's next, Kev? Yeah, well, yeah. Going into 2000s, maybe? I think we, we covered 70s, 80s, and 90s. Mm -hmm. So now, I don't know if I want to call it a sort of renaissance for metal, but... At the same time, I kind of want to call it a renaissance for metal. Mm -hmm. You're going, you're kind of taking everything to the bands. Of course, the bands who we've already discussed, they're still going well into the 2000s. They're still releasing new stuff. Right. And then you have new bands coming in like Five Finger Death Punch, right. Breaking Benjamin, yeah. and Disturbed. They're all now there coming into the ring and adding their new stuff. Sure. And I... There, I think music is kind of a combination of all of them. You got good riffs. Some of the modern of the these modern bands will release stuff that are like that are like thrash metal, and other bands will release stuff that are kind of more technical, mm -hmm. like Iron Maiden. Yeah, um, you know, I, I think that they are. There's a lot of bands coming out right now. Um, Code Orange, I think, is is a very good heavy, I guess, hardcore is the term that is kind of used for them. Um, uh, Vane is another band that came up and just really quick and I, I, um, fast moving songs and not a lot of time for atmospheric vibe, but just straight in three minutes of expressing something that's angry and awful and it makes me feel good. And then let's go to another song just like that and then hit it again. Um, I'm seeing a lot of that trend coming back. Um, but also what I'm concerned about with the trend is uh, mental health, that a lot of these lead singers, um, Chris Cornell, um, Chester Bennington, uh, Wayne Static from Static X, all of them are succumbing to either mental concerns, drug issues, um, and I know Disturbed has been doing a lot of, uh, with their tour, a lot of uh, donations to mental health. Uh, because they're seeing problems with this. Uh, so even though that expressive tone of this intense music is great, you have to think what's behind it. Where is this coming from? I love it. I love metal music, but I don't think to write down these lyrics and scream them out. I like somebody else to do it. Mm. Um, so those people who do that are very intense people. Um, so I don't know if they're learning that mental issue uh, from mistakes that were made in the 90s with the death of Kurt Cobain or the lead singer of Alice in Chains um, to say this is a problem that we need to take care of. But now I'm, I'm seeing this, this vibe. Um, I don't know. I don't know if that's the direction that we're supposed to go in. Yeah. That's all right. Yeah. I enjoyed it. Yeah. 
and along with with new trends like exploring yeah. topics that you know not a lot of people or uncomfortable topics um just kind of following with new trends and going along with kind of new emerging subgenres or genres mm-hmm. now you have genres like math rock whoever whatever thing math rock what's math rock uh periphery Oh, so like the, that technical stuff. Oh, technical stuff. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Just complicated, like. Oh, um, yes. I know what you're talking about because uh, who is one of the. Animals as leaders. That's. Leaders in that group. Uh, I just saw them and they are, they just broke up. They just did their last tour. Um, oh, my gosh. But yeah, when I'm listening to them, I'm hearing actually some hints of. Jazz. It's weird, but like jazz tones to it, um, kind of like a jazz fusion within metal. Um, so Periphery did it. Um, they did it. I'm gonna remember that other band that I saw at um, a metal festival a little bit. I'm, I'm looking at my wife and I'm listening to this band. I'm like, this is this is fast, loud, crazy. But yes, there is a technical side to this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. I think um, it's I think it's it's as I'm sitting here listening, you talking about these different bands. I I, I hold on to so much of just the old stuff that I've always <laughs> I grew up with. Maybe our ages are different because I'm um you know a lot older than you are. Mm-hmm. So me wanting to go out and find those bands because you you guys enjoy going out and find those new bands. I I, I stick with the. There's a, the oldies but goodies. You know, the oldies being Five Finger Death Punch being yeah. my favorite band. Sure. But, um, yeah, a lot of these bands that I probably would like if I went out and listened to them. And um, what, what I love about this time now is that it's all available for people. That when um, heavy music started, you had to know somebody to find a bootleg copy of something. Um, and then in the 80s, sure, you have to go buy a, a cassette or, you know, when CDs were coming out and you really had to be selective on what you, what you wanted. And some of this stuff, when you see the covers could have scared people and say, I don't want to do that. But now it's so easy to go on Spotify. If I don't like it, whatever, I've lost two minutes of my life. I just click on it and listen to it. Um, yeah. YouTube, all of it. I think that that's what metal music um, kind of thrives in. Mm-hmm. And um, they don't get that much access. But when you see the hits on on those download apps, there's a million hits on all these bands. I, I think that that's gonna gonna help the the genre in the in the future. I enjoyed it, Kev. Yeah, this was great. It was fun. I, I really 